How about you? You like your life lined up with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Somebody hear me today, amen? Luke chapter 11, 37, got my Bible? So we're in this series called Woe. You got that, Coop? Uh, Woe, and uh, it's been a real great series as far as anybody getting anything out of this series that we're in, praise God. Uh, the first week we learned that uh, uh, it's just important to not get in the tradition of doing church, get in the tradition of putting on your church face, your church clothes, your church look, come in and mask everything. The Lord really wants to have a real relationship with you, not a fake relationship with you. We learned that the Lord wants the inside, inside, say inside, the Lord wants the inside to match the outside. If you say you love him, then love him. If you say you serve him, then serve him. If you say you're going to honor him, then honor him. If you say one nation under God, then believe that. We learn that the Lord don't like a dirty cup on the inside and the outside clean. He likes us all cleaned up. The next week we learned about our giving. And that's why it's so important that, that when those buckets pass that you give from the heart. I was talking to a friend of mine. His wife took over the financial secretary part at their church. He knew everybody in that church. He hunt, hunted with them. He fished with them. All these men own big ranches. They have big places. And he said his wife took over the financial part of the church, and she would bring the offering home after church. Now, get this. Listen to this. Now, my friend's a great Christian, man. He's a mentor to me and a brother to me. And he's, his wife took over the finances in their little church, but he knew everybody in the church, the business owners, the ranchers, the people who had prestige. And, and, and she would bring the offering home, and she would count, and she would say, okay, well, I'm going to put all this together. One day he looked, and half the people that had the big ranches, half the people that had the most money, they didn't give anything to the church, not a penny to the church. He called me up and said, Brother Mark, I'm thinking about quitting. I said, for what? He said, man, I'm just so discouraged. I know these people can make a difference, but they don't give nothing. They don't give nothing. He said, I'm thinking about quitting. I said, number one, it ain't your job to look at what somebody else gives. You have to give with a cheerful heart. Last week we learned to give with a cheerful heart. And God honors those who give with a cheerful heart. I thought it was awesome last week. I thought the series has been wonderful. Brings us to today. We're going to get right into it. I want to read up to where we're at this morning. Uh, Luke eleven thirty seven. Uh, but before we read, I'd like you to welcome my cousin Anita to the church this morning. She's here all the way from Abilene, Texas. Surprise me this morning. Her grandbaby's with her. Amen. I don't have much family, but praise God for the ones I do. Luke eleven thirty seven. After he spoke, the Pharisees invited him in to dine at his home. He entered and reclined at the table to eat. Verse 38, the Pharisees was amazed to see that he did not observe the prescribed washing before the meal. The Lord said to him, O oh, you Pharisees, although you clean the outside of the cup, and the dish inside you are filled with evil. Verse 40, you fools, do not marker of the outside, also do the inside. But as within, give alms, and behold, everything will be clean for you. Verse 42, woe to you Pharisees, you pay tithes of mint and rue and every garden and herb, but you pay no attention to judgment and to the love of God. These you should have done 
without overlooking the other. And here's where we are this morning. Woe to you Pharisees. You love the seats of honor and you love the seats of honor in the synagogues and in the marketplaces. Woe to you, you are like unseen graves over which people unknowingly walk. Wow. How many people do we know like to be seen? Huh? Somebody hear me this morning. Is there anybody here this morning? How many people know like they like to be noticed? They want to be seen. You know, I, 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 that is something that everybody does struggle with, for real. But you know why I put in all these doors? It's not because the fire marshal ordered me to. I got doors everywhere. Why? Because so many people fight for whoever's at the back door so they can be seen. It drives me in crazy sometimes how people want to be seen. They got to be seen. They want to be on stage. They, want to, they come to church, man, they saved a month, but, boy, they're ready to teach the whole world everything they know. You don't know nothing. You ain't got a clue. The Lord says, woe to those who get dressed up in the synagogues in fancy clothes and robes and stand and, and want to get seen. We see that a lot. That makes you a hypocrite. If all you're doing is coming to church so people can see you, that makes you a hypocrite. If all you do is come to church, you get dressed up, and you want to look like you're the most knowledgeable, the most fanciest, the most best-dressed Christian in the place. Hey, give me an old cowboy with, with a little crap on his boots over somebody that's got some whistle-toe shoes all cleaned up. I, I, I love this part. I studied it all night long. I studied it last week. And it's just incredible to me how loving acclaim, loving, loving, loving prestige, loving people to see you. Woe to you Pharisees because you love the most important seats in the synagogue and greetings in the marketplace. And if we look at that verse, it don't look too bad, Todd. I want to sit up on front. You know why I sit up on front, bro? Because too many in the back distract me. I don't climb my way to the front row so everybody can see me. I sit here because when you're chewing gum and rattling paper and talking, that drives me insane in my membrane. I got to get up. I, I mean, we go to church. My kids say, where are we going to sit? Front row. Well, what if that's somebody's spot? Not today. It's mine. But I don't mosey my way up there to be seen. I don't wear my cowboy hat in churches. I don't wear my cowboy hat in churches where there's no cowboy hats allowed. I don't do that. I don't walk in and make a mockery of what a pastor's got going at his church. You know, this is what we got going at our church, and we're not going to judge you if you don't have a hat. So I'm not going to go in and try to make a mockery of my pastor's church. I know that I wouldn't fit in. I'd be wanting to be seen. If I walked into Parkview Baptist Church and I got my cowboy hat on, I'd want to be seen. Look, I can do what I want. I can be who I want, and you're not going to tell me anything. I love this this scripture right here. Listen to it. Woe to the Pharisees because you love the most important seats in the synagogues, the greetings in the marketplace. It don't sound that bad, but you love the most important seats in the synagogue. You love that people see you and point. There's no way that could be him. How many went to a church sometime or another and saw somebody that you used to run around with in the world? And they were serving God. They were in the church. They were smiling. And you were like, ain't no way. That's the reaction I get when I go back home. Ain't no way. Wow. You, 
I got asked to speak at my graduating class of 1989, and I didn't even graduate. They were amazed at what happened to me. He must have got hit by lightning. Must have had him an epiphany. No, Mary Ellen, I found Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, and I want to share it with the world. You asked my wife. I had my whole class calling me. We're going to be here. We want you to come speak. We want us to. We want to hear from you. I declined. I declined. I declined. I prayed about it. I prayed about it. I prayed. I tossed and turned. I found out where they were having it. They were having it at a honky tonk. They were having it in a banquet room at a uh, at a El Chico, where we used to have patio parties when I was in the world. And that's what they were having. They were having dinner and they were having a patio party. And they wanted me to come and speak. And I said to myself, Lord, do you want me to speak? And the Lord said, No, I don't want you to speak. I said, Lord, I I, I want to speak. I want to tell them about you. He said, in that place, they won't hear me. So I could have went, brothers and sisters, and showed them how good I am. But it's never about me. What we got to get to the point is where we don't make things about us. We got to get to that point, brothers and sisters, where, where God gets the glory for what's happening in our life. Where God gets the glory for this trans. When I was out with the old and I'm up with the new, the new is because of Christ, not because of Mark Grimes. The new is not because of you. The new is because of the Christ that lives in you. I was talking to some friends the other day, and they went hunting. They was hunting with a group of people, and everybody was drinking, and everybody was partying. But they don't drink and party. But they were invited over for a big meal afterwards. They said, okay, we'll be there. Well, when they got there to the campsite where they had prepared the meals, all the hunters were there. Everybody was using the Lord's name in vain. Everybody was cussing. But my friends weren't cussing. They weren't talking trash. They weren't drinking. They weren't drunk. They were different. All of a sudden, those people's demeanor changed because of the atmosphere the Lord walked into that campsite just because a few wanted to be different. I'm not going to drink because you drink, Tammy. I'm not going to drink because Carl drinks. I'm not going to lie because he lies. I'm not going to cheat because they cheat. I'm going to stand out because of the Christ that lives in me, and I'm going to give all the glory back to Christ because it is him. Somebody get this. It's because of him. Somebody say that. It's because of him. I got a 10th grade education. I can't read, but it's because of him I stand here. I'm nothing without him. Every picture I'm in, every picture on Facebook, yeah, those are great. I like the church to be heard about. I like people to know about us. I like you to brag about us. I like you to wear your shirt. But more importantly than all of that, I love the fact that people are getting saved. I love the fact that people are getting born again, that families are coming back again. People are getting delivered off drugs, alcohol. Devil worshipers are not devil worshipers anymore. Come on, somebody, praise him. Come on, somebody, praise him. Must be the robe or something, man. I feel good. Let's be honest this morning. We all struggle with that. I mean, a lot of us struggle with that. We like to be respected. We like people to look up to us. And yet the Bible says that's part of hypocrisy. That's part of being a hypocrite. You start taking glory for yourself instead of where it really belongs. You start loving glory more than you love people. That makes you a hypocrite. You 
start loving fame and fortune more than you love Jesus Christ. That makes you a hypocrite. That's what the Pharisees did. Folks, get this this morning. That's what the Pharisees did. You love that people look up to you. Let me ask you this morning, do you love that? Do you love that people look up to you because you play the guitar, because you sing, because you're a Sunday school teacher? Do you love that people look up to you because you go to church? Do you love that people look up to you? Really evaluate your life because if you love your fame, you will do anything to get it. Who hears me this morning? If you love that people are looking up to you because you go to church, because you serve Jesus Christ, you'll do anything to keep them looking up to you. Include fake it. Include fake it. Give me a real person this morning. Not a fake person. Give me a real person up in this place this morning. Somebody that really fights sometimes with their wife and their kids. But they come to church and they say, God help me. Give me somebody that really fights for their sobriety but comes to church and say, I can make it another day. Give me somebody that really fights to, to, to put a dollar in the offing. In the offering, instead of somebody who fakes it, you know how many if you know how many empty you know how many empty empty envelopes that Carl and them go through when they count. You know what that says? Somebody was faking it. Somebody wrote, but they forgot to put it in. God wants real this morning. Woe to those who are fake. Woe to those who are hypocrites. Woe to those who talk out of both sides of their mouth. The Bible says, come to me hot or come to me cold or I'll spit you out of my mouth. That ought to wake you up. It woke me up. It woke me up. My favorite scripture is a man that puts his hands on the plow and takes a look back is not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. So I plow through the hard times. I plow through the sorrow times. I plow through the times when I don't even understand what God is doing. If you love fame, if you love fortune, if you love people looking up to you, you'll do anything to even if you got to fake it. Lying so that people will look up to you. Part of the reasons, now get this. Part of the reason that the Pharisees didn't want Jesus because they knew that Jesus would get all the attention. How many people heard in the Bible when Jesus showed up, people listened? That's why people are getting this church, because Jesus is here. Come on, somebody. That's why people get this church. That's why Todd showed up and Rachel showed up for a concert. They showed up and they sang and they never left because people are getting Jesus. When Jesus showed up, the Pharisees got pushed to the side. Oh, here comes Jesus. Look out. He's going to be turning the water into wine. Look out. He's going to make a, a, a feed 5,000. He's going to get all the glory. He's going to feed 5,000. And they're not going to see us in our robes. And they're not going to see us in our prestige. And they're not going to see us where we're sitting. All eyes are on Jesus. Number the one reason that people and Pharisees don't follow Jesus is because you stop seeking glory for yourself. You start putting glory where it belongs. I can't breathe without him. I can't lift my arm without him. I can't walk without him holding my hand anymore. You know, I was thinking about it. 
part of the reason that the Pharisees didn't want to follow Jesus because they knew that Jesus would get all the attention. He's getting all the glory. So if we follow him, we don't get any glory. A lot of times people do that, even in this church. They want all the attention on them. They want everybody to look at them. That's sad to say. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look what I did. There used to be a woman in this church. God loved her. She loved Jesus with all of her heart. She was a sold-out Christian. She, 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 I'm not going to mention her name. She's a great friend of mine. And she, But, man, when she did something, she wanted everybody to know. If she gave, she wanted everybody to know she gave. If she baked the cake, she wanted everybody to know she baked the cake. If she gave to the poor, she wanted everybody to know that she gave to the poor. That's not the right way to do it. But that's the way the Pharisees and the hypocrites did it. I don't think my friend was a hypocrite. I just think she didn't understand. You and I need to understand this. That when we give, we give to God. That when we sow and we sow in love and deed, we sow for the Lord. When we're out here doing this miracle of Christmas play, freezing our behinds off, you know what? We're not out there for us so people can see me. We're out there so that they may see the cross, that may see the risen Savior, that may see that there was a miracle of a baby born in a manger and that he grew up and that God loves him so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for them. They, the Pharisees, they wanted to be up, looked up to. You see, following Jesus says, I'm nothing without him. How many can say that today? Don't raise your hand. How many in your heart can say that? I'm nothing without him. You see, I, I like the pictures. I like people to go home, and I wish you all would do that today. Say something on Facebook about Caney Creek. I love that. I love all that. I love pictures. I love pictures of the bay. I love, I love. But more, most of all, for me, the pictures that I love the most are where you can't see my face. Anybody that knows me knows me personally. It's not because I'm not handsome, because I'm handsome. Say I ain't. I'll come down there. I promise I will. But when the light's shining and my face is gone, I feel like the Holy Spirit is standing there. And I feel like he's standing there strong in my life, and you can feel his presence. I love those pictures. Why? Because it takes a, any focus off of Mark Grimes, who's nothing without him. You see, there's ministries and preachers and people out there that teach, oh, you're incredible, you're amazing, this and that and the other. You are with Christ, but without him, you are nothing. How many know the divorce rate is on the high again? Because there's no Christ in the home. There's no Christ in the marriage. How many people know that kids talk back to their parents, cuss them like their dogs, scream and shout, even put their hands on their parents these days? Why? Because there's no Christ in the home. I was watching Dr. Phil the other day, and a 12-year-old slapped his mama. And Dr. Phil didn't do nothing. If that would have been the Mark Grimes show. How many watch MMA fighting? And you see those guys with the cauliflower ear? That kid would have got a cauliflower ear because I'd have ear punched him. If you punch your parents around me, I'm going to ear punch you. You kids, listen to me. I'll ear punch you. Try me. 
You don't put your hands on your parents. But they do. They do. The world we live in, there's no respect. It's all about the glory to God. And the hypocrite is the one who wants the glory for himself. He tries to take the credit for everything instead of giving the credit where it belongs. And then verse 44 says this, Woe to you, you are like unseen graves over which people unlonely walk over. It's not 11 o'clock yet. Give me just two minutes. Let me understand. It says this in verse 44, Woe to you, you are like unseen graves over which people unknowingly walk. Back then, they would mark the graves very clearly. Back, how, how many do they know still not to walk on graves? We were taught that by real Christians. Back then, they would clearly mark the graves. They still do that today. Brian was born. When were you born? What year, month, and date? And you went home to be with the Lord in November. I'm just kidding. They clearly marked that on the tomb. When I was a kid and you went to a funeral, you didn't walk on somebody else's grave. Mom and dad, they'd scoop you up. they pull you close. Don't touch that. That's disrespectful. But in the back, listen, this is where it comes from. Pay attention. I'll teach you something. Back then when they would mark the graves very clearly, you would know why? Because back then in Numbers, if, and I was studying it, in Numbers it said if you came in contact with a dead body or grave, it would defile you. You would become unclean, and you had to do different things, different rituals to clean yourself So before you could go back to the temple. So they would mark the graves very clearly because they didn't want to walk on them and defile them. Listen to me. What Jesus is saying to the Pharisees is you look like the rest of the living, but you're really dead. You look like a Christian, but you're really not. Joyce Meyer says it best. Just because I go to the garage, don't make me a car. Just because I come to church, don't make me a Christian. Joyce Meyer says it best. Just because I go into the garage, don't make me a pickup truck. No more than going to church makes me a Holy Spirit filled, changed by an amazing grace. Have the living Christ inside. A lot of people here today, and they're not saved. How do I know? Because the Bible says, by your fruits, I'll know you. Not that I'm a judge. I'm not sitting on judgment seat. This ain't no judge robe. It's just I understand the Bible. I'm not judging you because you're not saved, but this is a great opportunity to get saved. This is a great opportunity not to be like those who, uh, who he either calls the Pharisees the hypocrites. Woe to you because you are like un you're walking on those graves and you're unclean. I, I, I love what it says. What Jesus is saying to the Pharisees is you look like the rest of the living, but there's a dead body under there and no one knows it. How many people know that? Listen, get this, get this, get this. That's why it's so important to pick the right friends. That's why it's so important to hang out with the right people. Because a lot of people say they're Christians. A lot of people know the Bible. A lot of people can stand on the Word and quote it back and forth, King James, all the way to Hebrew, all the way to, uh, to when did they begun it all. But there's no Christ. There's no Christ dwelling in them. It's sad, too. It's sad. 
So I thought about that this morning as I was studying. That's why it's important to pick your friends wisely because some people talk like a Christian, dress like a Christian, act like a Christian, but they're really not Christian at all. So that's what Jesus told the Pharisees. You look all holy. You talk all holy. But coming in contact with you has defiled me. That's why it's important to pick the right people in your life. How many of you come in contact with a Christian and they did them wrong? Someone who said they were a Christian. Huh? Somebody raise your hand. Anybody? Maybe you've done somebody wrong and you don't care. You need to check your heart. That's why it's so important to pick your friends. That's why this message is so important to us, Jenna, because woe to those who claim to be one way, but they're not. They're cursed. They're damned. We need to pick the right people in our life. I don't share all my business with a bunch of people because a bunch of people ain't happy for me when I'm blessed. T.D. Jake said, listen, if you got some good news, if you got some good news to share, you got a CD party you're going to release, you got a roping that you're going to, and, and you know that you got a good chance of winning, you're fixing to buy a house, and you want to share that with the world. He said, walk into a room, share your joy with someone, and see who stops laughing and start, 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 starts frowning. That's the person who's not happy for you. Get the heck away from those people. I learned that going to manpower. Not everybody's for you, and a lot of people are against you. Not everybody wants you to be successful. A lot of people are waiting for you to fail. Those are the Pharisees. See, that's what Jesus told the Pharisees. You look all holy, but people coming in contact with you, they come in contact with defiled. Hypocrites, fake Christians, people who talk out of both sides of their mouth, really have negative influences on the up-and-coming Christian. Sometimes me and my wife just cringe. We just cringe. Anybody cringe? Cringe. Somebody cringe. Cringe with me. Sometimes when I'm looking at people's fruits and I see a young Christian hanging out with that person who I know is not quite right, just makes me cringe. Because if that person rubs that person wrong, it's going to defile what God is trying to do. Let me break that down for you in English. When I first got saved and baptized and born again and God called me to preach, my friend didn't think I was ready. He didn't think that I was ready. He didn't think that I was ready. What he was more afraid of, he told me later on, he said, that you would get down there and that people would hurt you and that you would quit preaching and that you'd quit teaching, and that you'd quit loving, and you would run back and get away from God. That's why sometimes I cringe when I see a new believer go around the wrong person because I know that a negative attitude, a negative spirit, an unclean spirit can rub off on a young believer. You'll see me move people from time to time. I'll move this person from this time, get these people away from this. Why? Because I'm afraid they might rub off on them. And me and Mary, we'll just cringe. Oh, no, don't go. Don't, don't, don't. But we can't say nothing because then we'd be judging. But in reality, but in reality, if we would grab this message today, we would look at who we hang out with with eyes wide open. With eyes wide open. 
You hang around people that don't go to church, you'll, you, you, you won't go to church. Yes, I will. Okay. We'll see you in a couple of years, maybe. You hang around people that do drugs? I won't do them, Pastor. I'm, I'm clean sober a year or two. I've got a young man right now I'm praying for because he just got out of prison. He come to church. He was on fire. Ain't seen him. Praying for him day and night. He's back with his old homies. When you get back with your old homies, you do old homie things. And the sad thing about it was that his old homies, they didn't come to see him in prison, but we prayed for him while he was in prison. See, if you become, uh, see, if you want to become a hypocrite, you got to learn to look really better than you are. Just make yourself look more spiritual. That's what the Pharisees would do. They would get dressed up in these long robes. When I walked in here with this flowing robe, a lot of y'all guys laughed at me. Look at him. Who do you think he is? The Pope? It'd be white, moron. If I was Pope, I wouldn't wear white. The guy had two robes, a purple one and a green one, and green is my favorite color, so I chose the green. If he had a white one, I might have grabbed it, though. The Pharisees, they would get dressed all up in these long robes, but when I walked in here with this long flowing robe, you guys laughed at me because, because why? Because why? Pay attention. Because you know this ain't me. But if you didn't know me, and I walked into a place, and you didn't know me, if I walked into another church, and you didn't know me, and I walked over here and said, bless you, my son, you're healed. God bless you. Change teams, my Lord. Change teams. <laughs> if I walked in here and say, your back ain't hurting no more. You're going to live for the rest of your life. God bless you. I anoint you. If I walked over here and said, bless you, my brother, you're healed. You're going to get married in a week. If I walked in here and said, God bless you, and, and you're wonderful, and Jesus loves you. If I walked in here and you didn't know me, if I walked into another church and you didn't know me, you would think, wow, here comes a holy man. Here comes a holy man. He's on this side of the building. He's in the middle. Did you see the holy man this morning? In reality, I'm just a man in a robe. In reality, I'm just a man in a robe. But the Pharisees, get this, we're done. Get this, grab this right now. They wanted to look like they were everything. They wanted to talk and sow and let everybody see. Therefore, the Lord called them hypocrites. You whitewashed tombs, you sons of hell. That's the words he used, not me, you sons of hell. One thing you don't want to be, cowboys and cowgirls, brothers and sisters, youngsters and olders, is a hypocrite. Because hypocrites were cursed, you sons of hell. So let's get back to this. Watch, I'm done. Listen, let's get back to this. What if I came back down and said, the way you're living, you don't change, you're going to hell. 
you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. Would that make me a Christian? Would that make me a hypocrite? Jesus showed up and he changed lives because he told them, if you don't change, you're going to be sons of hell. You're whitewashed tombs. You're clean on the outside, but underneath you're evil. What would your children say about you this morning? What if we got you or your wife one-on-one? Don't move. Be still. Real quiet. What, what would your kids say about you? What would your wife say about you? What would your husband say about you? We got them one-on-one? The people that really know. What would your employees say about you? Reality, that's just a guy in a robe. But it's the appearance of the heart that Jesus looks at. You can make people believe that you're something that you're really not. And that's what the Pharisees did. And that's what you're doing. And if you're doing that this morning, I pray you have true repentance. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Wait, don't do that yet. I want to do something else. Come up here, Dalton. Listen, I'm done. If that's what you do, this is a call for true repentance this morning. I want you to do that right now in your heart. How many know? Why are you over there? Put the robe on. Put it on. Hurry up. I could say something else, son. So just flip it on somehow. Mama, you're going to have to dress your baby this morning. Again, Mama, you're going to have to dress your baby this morning. Help him out, Mama. She is a good mama. We want to see one more robe this year, graduation robe. Pray for us. Lord, Lord, don't let this be the only robe my son wears this year in Jesus' name. This ain't even right. Oh, you forgot one piece of it. Take your head off. Yeah. A little too close. You're a little too close. All right. All right. Illustration and I'm done. Illustration and I'm done. How many know that Dalton's passion is bull riding? And that he's a really good bull rider. And that he's been to the state competition three years in a row, finished 14th in the state of Texas last year, reserve world champion in his in his region. But you can't see that in the robe you can't you can't see that in the robe now if he lifted up the robe you would see that he's wearing a bull rider state qualifier 2014 buckle you would see hey man this cat he's a real deal he wears a real buckle but if you ask my son 
People buy buckles at stores. They buy cowboy hats at Cavender's. They get the boots, the same ones he wears. But that don't make them a bull rider. No more than coming here is going to save you. What's going to save you is underneath, take all this off. Hurry. What's going to save you is underneath you expose to God what you really are. This is what's going to save you. Everyone stand to your feet this morning. Everyone stand to your feet and close your eyes. You can make people you can make people believe that you're really something that you're really not by going to the store and buying the Bibles and the nice clothes and the robes. You can be a Pharisee this morning, or you can have true repentance. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Close your eyes. If you're here this morning, and you want to have true repentance this morning, that's okay, Granny. I don't need no music going. Stay right there, baby. This is something that you have to do and you have to hear. If you need true repentance this morning, because you know that these woes are stepping on your toes. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Don't let me see your eyes. Don't let nobody see you. If you know that you like fame and fortune and you seek glory and that you sometimes lie and you sometimes, you know, make things about you and you sometimes don't do it right, would you raise your hand and let me see you this morning? Thank you for being honest. There's almost a whole house full of church people saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's have a true repentance this morning. Every hand down. Let's have a true repentance this morning. Starting with me and every one of you. Even if you didn't raise your hand, let's have a, a true repentance this morning. Because I've seen the same kind of actions I've read about in the Bible right here at Caney Creek Cowboy Church. A desire to sit in a certain seat, a desire to hold a certain position, to stand at a certain door, be on a certain ministry. But Lord, I'm nothing without you. And if toilets is what you want me to do, I'll do toilets. Let's have a true repentance this morning. Just pray with me. Heavenly Father, I repent of my sin. You pray that with me. I've learned a lot about repentance lately. Through Dr. Gene and some of the books that he's left me and true repentance. Just say, Lord, please help me. I repent of my sins. Help me not to seek any glory for myself. And that you, my Lord, my Savior, my Father, will get all the glory. That all the fame and all the fortune that comes my way, Lord, will be used for you and your will. Father, the best I can do, pray this with me. Father, the best I can do right now is to repent 
can give you my heart. So, Lord, I give you my heart today, and I mean it this morning. I give you my heart. I repent of my sins. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Say it with me. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to leave a bad taste in somebody's mouth. Say that with me. I don't want to leave a bad taste in somebody's mouth. Somebody didn't say it. I know you didn't because you do. Say it now. Mean it. Repent. Say, I don't want to leave a bad taste in anybody's mouth. I repent of my sins. And that you would get the glory for me, all of me, all of me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you.